0: is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. At the end of a meeting of Ukraine's Western and NATO allies at the Ramstein Air Base in Germany, no decision was reached on sending Leopard 2 main battle tanks to Ukraine, despite pleas from President Volodymyr Zelensky to do so. Nonetheless, several countries pledged to to send more military aid. America will send a package worth around $2.5 billion, including 90 striker combat vehicles. Britain had previously promised to send 14 Challenger 2 tanks. Chris Hipkins, who oversaw New Zealand's pandemic response under Jacinda Ardern, will replace her as leader of the Labour Party and thus Prime Minister, following her surprise resignation. Labour lawmakers will confirm his accession on Sunday. Mr Hipkins, age 44, currently serves as education minister and was the only candidate to stand for the job. A general election is due in October. Google's parent company, Alphabet, announced that it will cut 12,000 jobs, or around 6% of its workforce. Sundar Pachar, Alphabet's CEO, said that the company which has hired thousands of people in recent years, now faces a, quote, different economic reality. The announcement comes days after Microsoft, another tech firm, said that it would lay off 10,000 of its staff. Russia could start selling oil to Pakistan, with an agreement likely to come by March, Russia's energy minister said. Payment will be in the currency of, quote, friendly countries meaning those that do not levy, sanctions against Russia. Pakistan typically imports most of its oil from the Gulf. But amid a severe balance-of-payments crisis, it is eager to take advantage of the discount for Russian crude. America said it would designate the Wagner Group, a Russian firm of private mercenaries, a transitional criminal organization, and level sanctions against it. America thinks Wagner has 50,000 fighters in Ukraine. The White House also released a photo, taken in November, showing Russian rail cars traveling between Russia and North Korea, transporting what America said were weapons for use in Ukraine. British retail sales volumes fell by 1% in December, as shoppers tightened their belts amid high inflation and rising interest rates. Monthly food sales volumes fell by 0.3% following an increase of 1% in November, as annual food inflation hit 16.9%. John Allen, the boss of Tesco, a British supermarket chain, said the government needs a, quote, really serious long-term growth plan. The Dutch government said it would seek to ban the ownership of pet breeds that, because of their appearance frequently suffer health problems such as belaboured breathing. Owners, said the Agricultural Minister, are, quote, unaware of the dark side of their pet's appearance. In 2019, the Netherlands outlawed breeding dogs with muzzles less than one-third the length of their skull, including flat-faced Pekingese and French bulldogs. And word of the week, chenu, meaning pure desire in Mandarin. The makeup style from China, which involves trying to look alluring and innocent all at once, is now trending in Japan.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead Florida's Democrats look to rebuild. On Saturday, Democrats in Florida will meet to discuss the future of their party. Resounding defeats in America's midterm elections in 2022, in which the incumbent Republican Governor Ron DeSantis won a landslide victory and carried traditionally blue counties like Miami-Dade, have prompted soul-searching among Democrats. Earlier this month, Manny Diaz, the state's Democratic Party chair, resigned after some members began the process to call a vote of no confidence in him. Building a more electable party in the Sunshine State will be no easy task. Annette Tadeo, a former state senator who ran briefly for governor, is willing to try. She has entered the contest to replace Mr. Diaz. Others may come forward, too, but reversing Republicans' momentum in the swing state ahead of national elections in 2024 will require more than just compelling candidates. Out-of-state Democratic donors will need to chip in with resources as well. Till then, Florida will look more red than purple. Protests persist in Peru On Thursday, Peru's president, Dina Boluarte declared from the presidential palace in Lima that protests against her government were under control. The chaos, unfolding a few blocks away and elsewhere in the country, however, suggested otherwise. Thirty people were injured, one died in the southern city of Arequipa, a historic building in Lima went up in flames. More than 50 people have died in such clashes since Ms. Boloarte took office on December 7th after her left-wing predecessor, Pedro Castillo, was arrested for trying to stage a coup. Indigenous and rural people, his constituency, are particularly angry. They want new general elections and Ms. Boloarte's resignation. For now, however, she is unlikely to step down, having formed an alliance with the centrist and right-wing parties that control Congress. Dismissing her critics as, quote, violent and radical factions of the population, she has called for elections to be held in April 2024, two years ahead of schedule. That has failed to appease the protesters. Losing the Night Sky to Light Pollution There are few sights as awesome and humbling as the pristine night sky. The nebulous band of the Milky Way has long captivated mankind. But the spread of artificial light has robbed huge swaths of the globe of this nightly spectacle. And according to new research in science, a journal, the heavens are dimming faster than previously thought. Globe at Night enlists the public to observe the night sky with the naked eye, logging their location. Over the past dozen years, stargazers have contributed more than 50,000 observations to the project. They revealed an average rise in light pollution of 10% a year, much worse than satellite imagery had suggested. Astronomers are calling for harsher restrictions on light pollution. Otherwise, the firmament will continue to fade and, perhaps with it, humanity's sense of itself within the cosmos. Divining indie Cinema's Future at Sundance Sundance, the celebrated Utah showcase for independent movies, which runs through the weekend, has returned in person for the first time since 2020. At the virtual edition in 2021, Apple bought the rights to Coda, a film directed by Sean Heater for $25 million, a festival record. It became the first Sundance selection to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. But most Sundance movies are destined for the specialty film market, which is still sorting out its business model as audiences choose streaming over cinemas. Sundance earns its cultural cachet by eschewing big franchises and cultivating fresh filmmakers. Most of the debut fiction features this year are directed by women. One buzzy title, Drift, stars Cynthia Erivo as a Liberian exile. The documentary slate includes A Still Small Voice, a sensitive portrait of a palliative care worker. But after the prestigious premieres, these films will face a question familiar to moviegoers. What next? Weekend Profile, Matteo Massino Donato, Captured Mafioso Kind, very kind, was how a fellow patient remembered the man she knew as Andrea Bonafide, In a television interview, the woman described how he had befriended her while they were undergoing chemotherapy at the Maddalena Hospital in Palermo, Sicily. Andrea, whose colon cancer was spreading to his liver, had swapped telephone numbers not just with her but with some of her girlfriends. Then on Monday, he was arrested, identified as Italy's most wanted man, Matteo Massina Donato, and accused of some of the most appalling crimes in Italy's recent history. Nicknamed Usiku, the skinny one, and more sinisterly as Diabolic, Mr. Messina Donato was among the Sicilian mafia bosses who felt themselves so powerful in the early 1990s that they could take on the state. He was a leading ally of the Corleonesi clan, which originated in the market town of Corleone and which wrested control of Cosa Nostra with a campaign of unparalleled savagery. It was he and his friends who planted the bombs that killed the anti-mafia prosecutors Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino and who mounted a campaign of terror attacks to try to bend the government of the day to their will. Mr. Messina Donato had the reputation of a playboy, elegant and with a taste for fast cars and attractive women. Indeed, the police found that Mr. Bonafide's watch was worth 35,000 euros, or $37,800. His fellow patient noted that even in the torrid heat of a Sicilian summer, Andrea always arrived at the hospital in a formal long-sleeved shirt. For many years, it was assumed that he had succeeded the Corleonesi leader, Salvatore Rina, as boss of bosses. But the latest view is that while a symbol of the mafia's ability to defy the law, he was never more than the kingpin in his native province of Trapani. Still, the significance of Mr. Messina Donato's arrest is that he was the last of those bosses still at large more than 30 years later. His capture sends a powerful message that the state always wins, eventually. The winners of this week's quiz. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random, were Corey and Kershey, Ontario, Canada. Richard H. Moore, Pauleys Island, South Carolina. Dave Moore, Fripp Island, South Carolina. They all gave the correct answers of Wild Cherry, Rowan Atkinson, Hazel, John Birch Society, and Aspen. The theme is trees. Cherry, Rowan, Hazel, Birch, and Aspen. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from George Orwell, who died on this day in 1950. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app.